Hello, Rosebuds. Thanks for listening today. We have three stories for you. If you're new to our content, basically all of our ghost stories are either completely creative fiction or based on a true story. It's up to you to decide, but make sure to listen all the way to the end where we will reveal fiction or truth. A Very Haunted House for One Year by Kelly Swenson Sometimes you just wish that your family would share things with you sooner. That would be great because it would alleviate a lot of concern and headaches. I had this repeated experience when I was about nine years old. We lived in this really old house for only a year. I didn't find out until years later why that was. Anyway, I used to have this repeated dream. Sometimes it was this little girl, other times it was this creepy woman. They would be standing outside of wherever I was crying to get in. I'd go let them in and then they'd turn into this shadow person who would grow quite large. Then the shadow would come down on me and I'd wake up completely panting and having cold sweats. I rarely woke my parents up to tell them about these dreams unless they were already awake. My baby brother had just been born. I knew they were stressed about money because they would openly argue about it. They also weren't getting much sleep. I remember them pacing the floors with my brother a lot in the first few months. Later, I would realize after having my own kids that he was just a colicky baby and my parents were taking turns trying to keep him calm. I do remember one night, the nightmare returned and I got up to use the bathroom. My mother was pacing the floor this time in the living room with my brother face down across her forearm, and she was patting his back with the other arm. She asked me if I was okay, and I said I had a nightmare. She didn't respond right away. She looked upset, and then said, It'll be okay. It was just a dream. You can tell me about it later if you want. Just try to get some sleep. I said okay, and went back to bed. I'd always have to turn on the bedside light and sleep with it on after these dreams. I'd have these reoccurring dreams in some form or another for almost the entire year we lived there. The exact details weren't always the same. Maybe it was me in a car and the seemingly normal person was wanting in. The second I let them in though, they would shift into this large ominous presence and try to consume me. Sometimes the dark shadow would have gaping jaws and would open its maw and try to eat me just before I'd wake up. Or it would be a dark cloud that would be surrounding me and I'd feel like I was suffocating and I'd wake up. Anyway, we moved out of that house after our one-year lease was up. It came up in conversation with my mother the other day. I was kind of pissed she didn't say anything to me about it until now. I thought they were just dreams, but then she shared some of her experiences too. She said that one night she was looking for a pacifier and went under the crib. She nearly had a heart attack when she saw two glowing red eyes. She grabbed me and my brother, packed us up, and drove to her mom's to stay for a few nights. I didn't remember that because we'd stayed over at grandma's so often, it was no big thing. She shared that her and dad were arguing a lot about it. Dad was being dismissive and trying to say it was her imagination. She was trying to convince him it wasn't. Apparently, that incident with the glowing red eyes under my brother's crib was the last straw. She gave Dad an ultimatum that we either moved 
or she was going to take us kids and live with her mom until he found us a new place to live. I guess despite all the arguing, they weren't considering a divorce or anything, so we obviously ended up moving out. She talked about other things as well, like hearing voices calling her name sometimes. She'd get so scared she'd search the house thinking there was an intruder. Another time she rounded the corner and saw a dark shadow figure slink into the shadows. These were the worst of the incidents. There were apparently a lot of paranormal activities in that house that I was not aware of, other than my dreams. I never found out what might have been the source, but needless to say, I'm glad my parents moved out. Oh, and as a side note, my parents stopped arguing as much after the move. Whether this was a coincidence that my brother had gotten old enough to finally let them sleep through the night, or the house had something to do with it, I'm not sure. It does seem a little too coincidental to be a coincidence, though. Vampire or Creeper, You Decide, by Diana Wolf. When I was in my mid-twenties, which was about ten years ago, I worked in a part of Long Beach, California that wasn't the safest of neighborhoods. It had shootouts and gang activity. For context, it was a part of the SoCal area that had its fair share of low-income thugs, drug dealers, prostitutes, and homeless people. This was not a part of town where you'd see some bougie white dude dressed up in an Armani suit, silk tie, and slick leather shoes. So I'm working at GameStop at this time. Also for context, I know most employees that worked there 10 years ago were guys, but I was a rare female unicorn at the GS. Anyway, I'm taking the trash out after closing time, which happens to be in this long, dark alley. I know, I know, it sounds really cliche, but that's where the dumpster was located. I'm kind of short, and the dumpster was pretty full. I had to struggle to get the large trash bags in there. I finally do, and I turn to see this guy standing in the alley, not even 10 feet from me. I startle because I have really good hearing. I had some childhood trauma occur in my past, and I had to learn how to attune my hearing as a defense mechanism. In essence, it was not easy to sneak up on me. As I gave this guy a once-over, I first notice he's really white. I mean, I'm a pretty white chick, but this guy pales in comparison. Haha, <laughs> yes, pun intended. But really, this guy is like pasty white, with slicked back black hair, like he's walked straight off the set of an Al Capone movie set. I see he's wearing an extremely fine tailored suit and has on dress shoes. Noticing the shoes is what creeped me out the most because those shoes should have made noise. He says, excuse me, with an accent I couldn't quite place. He flashed a creepy smile and walks on by. I notice the shoes are making the typical loud clacking noise I should have heard before he was approaching, yet I didn't. As I stated before, it wasn't the kind of neighborhood this guy should have been walking around in, much less in a dumpster alley. The whole thing felt off and surreal. I kept an eye on him until he rounded the corner and was gone. All I could think was, if vampires are real, I think this guy could have been one. There was something off about him and his whereabouts at that time of night. Anyway, I do believe in the paranormal. 
Maybe he was a vampire and he was trying to get the jump on me. Or maybe he was a high-end hitman just scoping out places to dump his next kill. Either way, I was happy he didn't make me his target that night. The Short Shadow Person To understand why this story was so terrifying, you must first understand a few things. One, I'm polyamorous and have both a husband and a wife. Two, you also need to understand the house's layout for the story to hit home. It was one of those manufactured homes you sometimes see on the backs of 18-wheelers with wide load warnings. This particular one was called a double wide, which meant it had an extra room. The floor plan was open in the middle with a large living room and dining room that were slightly offset, which I will call the great room for ease of telling this story, and a kitchen. As you entered, the master bedroom and laundry room behind the kitchen were to the left, and three rooms and the second bathroom were to the right. I shared the master bedroom with my wife, while the children and her husband slept in the rooms across the house. Because it was an open floor plan, if you were in the master bedroom with the door open, you had a full view of the living room and dining room. The whole house sat on metal pylons about three or four feet tall. This meant that the windows were about six feet above the ground level, and you would have needed a ladder to climb through one. The front door faced westward, and the back laundry room door was at the northeast corner. I'm sorry for all the details, but you must understand the locations of these access points. Without knowing this, you could easily just brush this story off with a rational explanation. So my husband was working late evenings at that time in our life. After getting the kids to bed, the wife and I would watch TV in the master bedroom. In that room, if we were lying in bed and had our door open, we had a clear view of the great room, the dining room, and some of the doors to the other rooms. If any of our kids got out of bed, we would immediately see this. Now, they were very young at the time. The oldest was nine, the youngest was two, and was potty training. The comical part of this story is the toddler the night before had stumbled out of bed, crossed the great room, and went into the kitchen. It looked as though he was sleepwalking, and as we got up and turned the corner to go in the kitchen, we saw him with his little baby pants down, peeing in the trash can. He was obviously half asleep, so we let him finish his business. I cleaned the trash can, and my wife put him back to bed. We had a good chuckle about it. The next night, we're both watching TV with the door open again. I suddenly see something out of the corner of my eye about the same height as our toddler move across the dining room. This time, though, it wasn't the stumbling gait of sleepiness. Instead, it dashed quickly across the area we could see. Apparently, my wife had seen the same thing as we both jumped out of our bed at the same time without even saying anything to each other. We were both thinking the same thing. It's the baby, and he's going to pee in the trash can again. This time, we moved more quickly in the hopes of heading off the toddler so we could redirect him to the bathroom. Except we round the corner, and no one is there. Both of us stood there looking at each other. The hairs on my arms were standing straight up. Then, as I started to contemplate it, my memory brought up a different image of just a black, spindly shape of a person. I asked my wife what she saw, and without sharing my description yet, my blood ran cold when she shared what she saw, which matched my visual perfectly. We immediately crossed the house to the kids' room, 
and all were fast asleep. Realize all of this happened within maybe a minute or two, and we'd only seen what looked like a shadowy image of a person. As we started to process this, we realized there had been no noise like the previous night when our toddler had been peeing in the trash. There were only two feeble explanations for what we both just saw. One, there was an intruder in the house that was literally two feet tall and had completely escaped without making any noise. Or, one of the kids would have had to sprint across the dining room, through the kitchen, and exit the back door which would have made a huge racket, then run around the house and use a non-existent ladder to climb back in their window. In other words, by the time we reached their bedrooms, this would have been within the time frame that maybe they would have been climbing back in the window, if that was even possible. Remember, those windows were at least six feet off the ground, and they were all fast asleep. If I'd had this experience alone, or the layout of the house was different, it would have been easy to pass off as merely a trick of the mind's eye. However, the fact that we both jumped up and ran into the kitchen solidifies that we both saw something. And no, we weren't drinking, and we weren't on any drugs. We were so spooked that we dug out the bundle of sage we kept on hand, lit it up, and smudged the hell out of our house. Like literally, whatever spawn of hell had made its way through our living room needed to be exterminated. The next day I told my husband about it, because he would come home late from work. He often slept in one of the bedrooms on the southwest side of the house where the kids' bedrooms were. He got quiet when I told him the story, and I could tell something was bothering him. Then he told me something that happened to him that utterly chilled me. He said that about four or five nights prior, he had woken up from a dead sleep and was staring at the ceiling, when a small, spindly, shadow-like creature skittered across the ceiling and was gone in the blink of an eye. It really unnerved him, and he couldn't get back to sleep for some time. He was wondering if he had just had some kind of weird lucid dream or if there had actually been something there. This occurrence happened about ten years ago when we first moved to Arizona. We lived in that manufactured house for about three years. I do have a theory about this incident. That manufactured house seemed like it was not only haunted, but cursed. My wife got so sick she almost died when we were there. My husband had a wage garnishment from a debt long cleared off his record, which ended up really straining our finances for about eight months. It would have taken more money to take it to court and argue it, so we ended up just paying it. Months before we moved out, a fire broke out in the field behind the house and nearly set our house ablaze. Our 14-foot trampoline one day just got caught in a rogue dust devil and blew into the neighbor's yard and broke their window. And there were a whole slew of other unfortunate events that occurred. The landlord's energy was so toxic. She constantly broke tenant protection laws would enter our house unannounced and complain about her disdain for the messes that small children are apt to make. Her greed would ultimately push us out of that house. At the time, we were pissed at what she did, but looking back, I'm kind of grateful she did, because we needed to get the hell out of there. She wanted to raise our rent by $500, which would have increased it from $1,200 to $1,700 a month. The place was already suffering structural damage, 
which he wasn't going to fix. The southeast corner bedroom walls where the floor met the foundational post were starting to buckle and it was terrifying. Given all the misfortune we were enduring, to think that the house could just collapse at any given point was just too much. I believe that combined with the location of this house and the landlord's toxic energy, it made for the perfect mixture to attract really nasty entities to this location. After we moved out of that house, we would live in a different house not too far from the manufactured home. We'd reside in the other house for about seven years. Another son would have one paranormal experience at the new place, which is another great story for another time, but that would be it. After we moved, it's like our luck shifted entirely. Things got better. These weird random incidents of catastrophes stopped happening. We couldn't explain it, but I believe some places on this planet don't cultivate positive energy. For example, they say in Sedona that there are vortexes, points of positive energy. I wasn't even sure if I believed that, but if it's true, it's probably more because I experienced something like a negative vortex while we were living at that manufactured home. It wasn't long after we left that we found out the landlord had been mishandling funds and she had to foreclose on the property. For how much she harassed and abused us, I can't lie that it was tough to feel sorry for her. I don't know whatever became of her or that house, but after we left Arizona, I was more than happy to put that part of our lives far behind us. I hope you enjoyed those stories, Rosebuds. Could you tell which one was fiction and which one was truth? I'll do the reveal in a moment, but first, do you have a creative fiction story or true ghost tale that you've put on paper and you'd like to share? Very soon, we're going to be running a story contest where you can not only be featured on our channel and in our Ghost Tales anthology, but have a chance to win $100 and cool merch. So sign up for our newsletter at blackrosereads.com to get in on that. Also, if you're a writer of any kind and you want to support our work, check out our exclusive journals and notebook collections where you can jot down all your story ideas or homework. You can find those at blackrosepress.art. I'll put a link down in the description for both the story contest and the journals. All right, on to the reveal of truth or fiction. Story number one, A Very Haunted House for One Year, by Kelly Swenson, was entirely fictional. That story was awesome. Thought for sure that was a true one when I read it through the first time. Thank you to Kelly for submitting that story. Story number two, Vampire or Creeper, was written by my wife, Diana Wolf, and it is based on an actual experience she had. And story number three, the short shadow person was definitely based on a true story because that one was written and experienced by yours truly. Definitely better told than lived. Glad that's behind me. Thanks for listening today. That's a wrap, Rosebuds. Until next time, take care and stay creepy. <laughs>